Thanks for choosing Boomers with Beverages. In this episode, stand-up memories. Welcome to another edition of Boomers with Beverages. I'm Jim Burrows, and it is a pleasure to have you listening to yet another piece of podcast history as we embark on a new edition of the show. Uh, Pete Molina, thank you for coming along. Good to see you. It's always good to be here in uh, wintry. Fishers, Indiana. Although yeah, the, nice. the snow has subsided, so the we're has subsided. moving in the right direction. Artie Widgery, how are I, you, sir? I had to spit out my gum. Well, well, I'm sorry, because I can't talk very goodly. Your, your audio engineer appreciates that. I'm sure they the do. What's, out of the, the, gum, what's yes. the gum all? Is it it's nico, nicotine gum. Oh, nicotine. Yes. yes. I, have to, I have to buy the generic version because I'm not old enough. <laughs> <laughs> Any idea where you're going? Yeah, you is that work? Through the pharmacy, or can you get that over the counter? I get it from the machines out front. It's at only he quarter. Gets it, yeah, he gets it under the table. Quarter. <laughs> you turn the knob and it comes out already chewed. I wow. don't have to do anything. That's convenient. <laughs> Pre-chew Charlie's. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Congratulations. on. Is it working, though? Is it helping you? Yes, I don't smoke no more. So what what, what, what have you taken up instead of smoking? Masturbating. So, Dan, how are you? So I knew we were going to gonna get there yeah, eventually. Just, yeah. so the road to that with Artie just takes one turn. There's, hey, no, just, there's yeah. no multiple levels what, to this. That, that's what I'm getting paid. I'm the only one getting paid. I, say, I get paid to say masturbate. Dan, how you doing? It's good to see you. You can follow I think I'm going you. blind. Um, you know, that reminds me. You guys will remember this because you're all you're radio guys. But you know when Don Imus got fired because he was yeah, well, over, over, the, over the edge, allegedly, he, he won his lawsuit because essentially what he contended, and, and he has proved that his radio station, his producers, egged him on and told him to go, you go far, far over the edge. And that was that was the whole format. That was what he was instructed yeah, to do. Yeah. So he won that lawsuit. It's, now it, that we, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I didn't know about him winning the lawsuit, but it, you, you kind of mm-hmm. look at that and you're like, you listen to some of the radio that's been out for the last five, ten years, and it's like, that's amazing he even got fired for that. Yeah. Nowadays he wouldn't. He'd be a no. hero. Oh, he'd get a pay, yeah, get a pay raise and a contract extension. Well, yeah. when you get television commercials where the, you get a woman go, yes, I'm pooping right now. It's like, I, honestly... <laughs> Not uh, there's other ways of addressing what that. What channel is that? What is I'd that on? Rather not say Lifetime, but Lifetime. Um, <laughs> well, I'd rather hear. Yeah, I'd rather sense. see that commercial than Jimmy J. Walker doing oh, yeah. Medicare stuff. Medicare thing, yeah. Oh my I don't God. know. Yeah, but at least he he's not to me. having a bo- bodily function while he's doing it's, the thing. As far as he we, sounds at like at least it, he's not talking about it. True, yeah. he's keeping <laughs> it to himself. He sounds right. like he is. There's nothing that's taboo anymore, right? Nothing. Yeah. No, nothing. That time has come and gone. Well, it's like what at least five of Gar- uh, George Carlin's seven words you can oh, yeah. hear on primetime broadcast television. These yeah. days. Uh, not yeah. all of them. I said at least yeah, five. And that, was, yeah. and that yeah. was the last time I saw Trump's State of the Union address. So, <laughs> but, uh, but where's the rim shot? Oh, man, if we don't have the rim shot <laughs> He would have been the first one to do it, too. You but cannot that, say number four. <laughs> the, that's, is that true? Oh, you cannot say number four. And this is so funny, too, because you remember... Uh, I love Lucy. They couldn't be filmed in the same bed. In the same bed, they had right? Exactly. Twin beds. Yeah, same right. with the same with the uh, Petri family. And well, and, and they couldn't use the word pregnant, right? I, no, Lucy yeah. was. I yeah. think the Bradys were the first to have this, the bed together. I think when they I started that show. Oh, that's right. And ironically, yes. Ironically, at least one of them was homosexual. Yes. So. Well, a little less <laughs> pressure for Florence Henderson, right? <laughs> Well, at least he's not going to touch me. He's got a certain Wessonality. That's gross. That's gross. He's got a Wessonality. (laughs) Dan. I forgot about that one. Well, at least Florence used it to cook. So there's the difference there. 
Well, that's good stuff, guys. Good way to kind of break the ice. We don't, don't normally <laughs> the ice is broken and the ship is. <laughs> and so I thought heavy. Dan, you did a really good job following Artie because you know you spent a lot of years in performing going before Artie. That's true. But now you had to follow Artie, and I think you did pretty good. Well, thank you, thank you so much. You, you did pretty well. I don't know if you guys saw this, but before we uh, uh, jump into our uh, our topic today, we're going to go back down the comedy road. Thought this would be kind of cool because you know we always have so endless much. stories and people to talk so about. So much when so it comes many. to comedy. Oh, let's do an icebreaker. Yeah, you know, a little conversation oh, starter cool. uh, with the game called No Filter. So everybody gets to answer this question: Where is the most memorable place you've gone to the bathroom? Hardy Widgery. Uh, okay, I'm taking a trip with my church group to Montana. To and this, I'm 15 years old, and we're taking a bus, a church bus, all the way from Indianapolis to. Uh, somewhere in Montana, the Crow, the Crow Indian Reservation. We stopped at the Badlands to take a look at the Badlands. I pee into the Badlands over a huge right. cliff, and that was the most wonderful place I'd ever peed. I, as a matter of fact, I had to pee so bad, I couldn't make it to a restroom, so I just I just let it go. I found a rock to hide, go behind, and I peed into the Badlands. Most memorable for me was my godfather's house. I had inadvertently found a box of X-Lax, chocolate-flavored X-Lax, when I was five. And I went into the bathroom. And I I still, to this day, vaguely remember the look on my father's face. Because it was on the walls. It was was everywhere but it was supposed to be. It looked like a crime scene. It was unbelievable. But I I quickly learned the lesson what that was for. So I know now. I know now. Pete Molina, how about you? Uh, And the median on uh, Interstate, not Interstate, but uh, State Road 36 going down to Bloomington. Oh, I was driving down there and it was a huge winter storm. Traffic was just at a crawl and I had to pee so bad. I just stopped the car, got out and peed in the median because there was no other option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't I did it. other things on that road. It's, yes. It, it's legendary. That's Pete, enough. Pete in the median. Pete, 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 Pete. All right, Pete Dan Davis. Pete. Dan Davis, bring us home with your It has to, It would have to be on a train in India. Wow. Because the toilet is a hole in the floor of oh the car. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you peed across India, essentially. Yeah, it says over, wow. over a period of, of a few miles, yes. that it's, There's, a, there's a, a rail to hold on to, and yeah. Did you have to do number two? I did, but Pete, Pete took it Pete. in a different direction, so I would, yes. And, it, yeah, you just kind of hang That's on cool. and hope that, because it could be really bad. But, yeah. What's, what's the handrail for? to keep you in the truck. Can you imagine day, if yeah. they allowed that on Amtrak? I mean, that would just change. I'm guessing yeah. that wasn't in first class. It would change class. that New York to D.C. route. Class, no. <laughs> Big time. What are you doing? Come back later. <laughs> oh, that's India. Wow. India, yeah. So you left some of your DNA back there. That's I good. did. Nice, nice. All right, well, thanks for sharing, guys. Hey, did you see this? Uh, right. NASA, the uh, space agency, has been kind of on, on the outside looking in with all these rocket launches oh, yeah. for the last couple of years, but they launched Artemis, Artemis went up which today. is their return to space. And I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but the point of what they're, why they're going to the moon, well, first of all, you know, I mean, this is fine, but this, this literally was mentioned as one of the reasons. They want to, to make sure, you know, that they can do safe flights to and from the moon, and they want to send a woman up for the first time. So to, that's the what, to the moon. To the moon. So that's why they wanted to do it. I thought uh, Jackie Gleason did that with Alice. To the moon? One would have thought so, right? (laughs) Secondly, secondly, and I don't have any problem with that, but it's like, good Lord. So what? You know, I mean, there have been a lot of incredible, incredible female uh, shuttle astronauts. I mean, you know, so anyway, it's not like it's new territory, but I guess for her to land 
you know, they, they'll finally have somebody up there that can that can decorate what was left behind. Whoa. But uh, but that's we can edit thing. that out. Well, it's a good thing. You know, as as we learned, hello, I think, hello? I think it was Nigel is this Tufnell. On? Is this I on? believe it was Nigel Tufnell of Spinal Tap who once said, "There is such a fine line between sexy and sexist." sexist. Yes. Oh, for love of Pete! It's like two extra letters. I, I missed twenty years ago when you could yeah. just say what the hell a <laughs> sexist would say. Not sexist. Okay, no women on the moon. <laughs> no. No, if they want to go to the moon and decorate it, that's fine. No, yeah, they're just okay. You know, uh, it's yeah. They could party. Good planets. food, but no atmosphere. All right. <laughs> Have a Tupperware so, party. No. That's very funny. I like that. Though. If only it were original. Yeah. The second thing, besides being able to put a, a woman on the moon, they want it to be a, and they literally refer to this as a pit stop for intergalactic travel. So as they go further out into the galaxy, the moon will be where they can come back on the way to Earth. And, you know, I, I, I'm just sitting there laughing, thinking, so is there going to be a flying J, a pilot, a speedway? Yeah. Are they, are they going to just get off the lunar module, get roller food? I go, I go with you know? lobbies. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, it begs the question, is Marriott going to get uh, rights to build uh, hotels up there? There you go. I think that that's probably going to be the extent of it. I just don't see us going to Mars. No. I, I don't see us going any further, and I don't see any need to. I mean, as far as manned space flight. Yeah. One, it's just not practical for our species. I just don't think it is. And there's yeah. nothing out there. <laughs> you just there's remi- nothing out there within our reach. You just reminded me of one of the funniest videos I've seen on Instagram in a long time. It's a, a reporter. I don't know what country in Africa. He's doing a live shot. And they're talking about uh, a rocket launching. And this, uh, this uh, he's given some play-by-play. And he's talking about how this company wants to uh, land on the sun. Oh, and they, they, they're like that. Somebody made the comment to him: "Land on the sun? How do they, how do they plan on doing that?" And he says, well, "They're going to go at night." <laughs> Ooh, <yikes. laughs> I'm like, "Are you? This is a real, like live on TV? Yeah. How did you get this job? They're going to go at night." night. So. Sounds like a parody. I know, well, right? You, yeah. Any you guys seen the the show on uh, Apple TV called For All Mankind? Actually, uh, they've got that also on Hulu. Oh, do they? Yeah. I, I started I watching that it. Show. I started watching it, yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it, it's sort of an alternative history. The Russians actually land on the moon first. And because of that, the space race continues for, you know, into the 21st century. Wow. And it's just really interesting. It's, it, it's very, I don't know, the realistic. I mean, it, it, it's like, yeah, it could have happened that way. Yeah. It just really... Really fast, and they end up with like in the I don't know most recent season that I saw. There's like a private contractor who gets into the race. You know, you got the Soviets and the Americans, and then this private company, and it, it's I, really very good. Wasn't that show a uh, man in the high tower sort of spawned all that alternative, you know, history? If, if this had happened, what would it be yeah. like? Yeah. You know? Or that, at least that was one of the first ones, as I mm. recall. Reading about the space program is, is interesting. I mean, if you've ever picked up some of the really good books about it, just like my the, Star Trek book I got today. The fact that we even made it to the moon, uh, it's just yeah. yeah, pretty amazing, phenomenal. Yeah, and, and and I don't know if kids today would even appreciate it because they but, take it for granted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like it's past hour going to the moon again. Yeah, yeah, let me deal. tell you how. Let me tell you why I got involved with it because I had an uncle who was a pilot. He was a pilot for the Navy. He piloted helicopters. He went and picked up Jim and I one. He picked up Jim and I won. He got. He was the one that, and that was the first thing I saw, and I'm like, I was, I was hooked. I was hooked. I followed every space flight all the way up until now. Yeah. Yeah. And I never missed one. Never missed one. Well, I I think that was the sad thing I heard somebody say about the space shuttle is people got complacent. 
Yeah. yeah. They would launch them yeah. and people would say, oh, okay. It was almost automatic. No yeah. big deal. You know, like, yeah. It is but now they deal. cross their T's, dot their I's, and yeah. make sure that all the joints well, yeah. are right. And just yeah. Thank the, goodness. For the time it happened, you know, like the movie came out of Hidden Figures oh, about the, show, the mathematicians. Yeah. Right. And it just... To think that you know, no calculators, no. And they were just, women too. Nothing yeah. but slide rules. Slide rules. Slide rules and, How yeah. sexist would say. <laughs> you, you're just shocked a, over there, Jim. Women could do math. Yeah. Who oh, yes. But see, you know, here's where I separate myself from all these people. There, I don't care what your sex is. If you're smart, you're smart. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I get so Agreed. tired of labels. Agreed. Who, I don't care if you're gay. If you're, I, who cares? Yeah. You're, you're a human being I, and I you're brilliant. We, yeah, we're, fantastic. We're, Which way to go? I'd, I'd like to think as a society we've, I hope we've, so. we've hit Lord. the tipping point where yeah. that just doesn't matter. Well, and, and it's a, it's probably a good thing because we can all remember as we go into our our topic here when we were doing stand up comedy in the eighties and nineties. It was a free-for-all. It was. You yeah. didn't have to worry about somebody getting ticked off yeah. because people could laugh at themselves. I had one incident where somebody came out of the crowd and said, hey, you made fun of my dad. I go, no, I didn't. He, go, he goes, my father was a Southern Baptist minister, and you made fun of Southern Baptist ministers. I said, no, I made fun of a fictitious Southern Baptist minister. And he, yeah. hit, me, he hit me in the face, knocked me out, and the, the, the MPs came and picked him up and threw him in the brig. Wow. They said, Mr. Widgery, do you want to file charges or anything? I said, yeah. no, I just want to go back to my hotel room yeah. and get to my next gig. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, there are comics that have decided not to do stand up anymore because I mean, yeah. you get censored. I mean, I, I've heard stories of you know if you're gonna uh, like if you're if you're doing stuff for at a university, for an example, you got to submit your your act and it has Sometimes, to be edited. Yes, you do. Sometimes you do. Yeah. yeah. But you know, there was uh, somebody put out a book, some comedian who did a lot of shows and was bragging about the fact that. He did a show somewhere at a, I think it was at a high school, and they said, you know, don't do these things. And he went out and did all of those things. And aren't I so brave? And I'm sorry, if if you sign the contract to do the show and you agree to the terms they give you, follow the terms they give you. Yeah. If you don't want to follow the terms that they spell out, don't do the show. then don't do the show. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that makes, Find another that makes job right. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the best shows I ever had were, were in areas of the country that get lampooned for being stupid. And yeah. they're far from it. Yeah. And it's annoying because I hate that. I hate that elitist coastal attitude, you know, people yeah. in New York and L.A. have. It's like, screw you. Just because you've never come here to meet these people, they're smart. They're hardworking people. And they love comedy. Yeah. And, Artie, you know this because you, you, Midwest and South for you was your piece of heaven. True, but you there know? was an incident that happened in Indianapolis uh, one year. It was the one of the newer owners of, of Crackers that caused this issue. We were I was headlining that week and we were doing a Sunday night show, but the Sunday night show they sold out to a Sweet 16 party. And that was crazy. But oh. So we had a lot of high school kids in there, alright? I mean, it was like three-fourths full. And the guy came up to me and he said, I don't want you to do that, that condom education bit. I go, what do you mean? You mean the stuff on safe sex? No, I don't want you to do any of that. Don't do any of that. It'll be inappropriate. I go, that is absolutely appropriate for this crowd. It teaches them safe sex. We talk about condoms and and birth control and things along that line. He said, just don't do it. I go, I might. I might do it. So I did do it. It killed. It absolutely killed. It was hilarious. The the parent sponsors that were there, the parents that were there for these kids were like, came up to me after the show and goes, I'm glad you did that. Because I couldn't have done that. You did it in a way they laughed, they got it. It'll never leave their head. Ever. Yeah, you got through to them. And And I never worked crackers again because of that. The son of a said, no, you're not coming back. And yet four girls in that audience. I I think we all know who you're talking about, too. But, but, you know, it goes without saying. Anybody that knows who that owner was knows, knows 
knows enough to. Yeah. We don't have to say any more. But Pete, how about you though? I know you know you did you, you've done the road work and the club work too. But um, you know, do you have do you have some fondness for certain areas or certain clubs or? I really like the the, the one nighters that Sobel used to put us on oh, the, yeah. the, the comedy mm-hmm. caravan because they were largely in, in college towns. Yes, and yeah. you knew. I mean, just by the nature that they were college kids, they were going to be you know jazzed up and they were going to be good. They were often rowdy, but I don't ever remember doing a show except one in Evansville, Indiana, where anything got really out of hand. So yeah. they, they were typically fun. Uh, and as you mentioned, Jim, you know, every, there was no topic that, you know, no, mm-hmm. nobody got offended. Yeah. They really yeah. did. Yeah. You, you know, one, right. of the, one of the interesting questions I get a lot from people that I, when I reveal to them that I used to do stand-up comedy is uh, they always want to know, well, you know, what's it like getting heckled? And mm-hmm. I always, that's an, a curious question because I don't ever remember getting heckled uh, maybe getting, maybe someone's idea of getting heckled is different th- than mine, but, you know, for me, if you're someone's heckling, you're, they're like, you know, you, you're terrible, you suck, they're throwing stuff yeah. at you. You know, then there's the occasional person who wants to be part of the show. Yeah. And they'll, they'll say something to you, and you, you kind of give them a, a retort. And most of the time, those people, if you have a little bit of fun with them, yeah. you yeah. know, give them a couple, you know, zingers, stock uh, re- retorts, they're going to retreat. They, they just want their 15 seconds of, of fame and ass. Occasionally, you're going to get someone who really is disruptive. And at that point, you got to kind of use your common sense and say, if you feel like they're disrupting the rest of the people from enjoying it, then in my, in my view, that gives you license to really pounce and pounce yeah. hard. You know, and, and comics learn as you go through the process. And if you're a new person, if you're new and you're starting out and you're doing that, I, I strongly recommend you don't. I mean, first thing is you learn your, you, you learn your persona and the material that you're comfortable with doing. You don't learn, you don't throw yourself at the audience until you're a veteran, you know, and you know, because you really should only do that if you have those comebacks. Dave Dugan yeah, was man. one of the best. Yeah. yeah. He was one of the Absolutely. best at dealing with hecklers. Still I does mean, really, really well because it's his dry yeah. wit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the thing about Dave, like like with a lot of people, and I've seen you, Artie, with, uh, with hecklers, is you've already won the audience over. If the audience is with you, mm-hmm. hecklers can have, do yeah. what they want. Uh, and yeah. Because yeah. the chances of you losing the audience are pretty much slim to none. Correct. And you're going to have a lot more fun. Good point. You know, yeah. putting them yeah. in their place, which is great. Uh, just to remind people that, that don't know some of the names we point out in comedy, Tom Sobel, and the only reason I bring this up is because as we're recording this podcast, and we don't necessarily like to date podcasts, but we're, we're only a few days removed from the passing of Bud Friedman. Yeah. And if you were to pick, and I'll put Tom in the top five. If you were to pick yeah. five names in the last 40 years of stand-up comedy, Tom Sobel is in the top five. Absolutely. Easily. You know, yeah. there's, there's Sobel, there's Mitzi Shore, uh, there's Bud Friedman. You know, you could probably flip a few other names in there. But Caroline, who the, the gal who ran Caroline. Yeah, but you know what I mean. And, and, yeah, yeah. and our, 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 our friend forever, Jim Schliebner, you know, just with, with his impact on comedy and what he did. But, but Tom booked some of the greatest one-nighters and, and clubs mm-hmm. ever, and still does to this day. Still going at it, uh, even though he's, you know, he's had some hip replacement. He's still hip as hell. It's still, <laughs> uh, still Tom Sobel. If you call Tom to have a 30-second conversation, 45 minutes later, you'll hang up. <laughs> so, but that's, that's the man. That's what he's all about. Because he, uh, he loves to chat. He's a, he's a good guy. So just he's so people guy. know when we talk Tom Sobel. And Dan, I know you, you did... You were kind of in a different stratosphere with some I, of the yeah. rooms you were. I did a lot. Yeah, I did like pretty much all one-nighters. But I did one gig in Washington, D.C. with I was the opener for this guy. I can't remember his name, but he was the first openly gay comic to appear on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. 
Wow. And I can't think of it. So, so I'm working with him at this club, and of course, the audience was. Who his, was? Do you don't remember the name? I can't. I can't think. What I, year was this? What year? Uh, this would have been like 1991. Okay, it was in the 90s. Because okay. yeah. what's funny about that is you, you know Louis and, and Ellen yeah, were on, yeah. but they weren't. Yeah. No, they, know, they, no, nobody. Right. Nobody yeah, knew. So this was know? a guy that. Yeah. So, I did. You know, so my stuff was about you know being a dad and sure. all that kind of shtick. And so I did something, and it just bombed. And I stopped and I said, wait, am I the only breeder in the room? <laughs> and they fell down. Oh, and I had them in the palm of my hand after Good for you. I'm just like, because I just started playing on that, that I, you know. And, and, and if you've ever been on stage as a comic, there's no greater moment than when, yeah. you, when you have just that happen. make that connection. Because yeah. it's a whole different laugh, too. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah. from, it's through their whole body yeah. it's yeah. not just through their throat it's from it's their entire person laughing at you because yeah. you just knocked them out well, yeah those the, i remember that one of the last it's good stuff stand-up things i did on the road was the, it was the colorado comedy competition and mitch hedberg the great yeah one of the all he so was he funny. was there i got to know him that week and all so funny and i remember there was i did not do well at all in the competition but there was one night that there was something clicked and I could do no wrong. And that, I mean, I raise an eyebrow and get a laugh. And it's, you know, maybe because there was, the, you know, the fact that there was only one or two of those nights is why I mostly did one-nighters and not a lot of soap. Yeah, that's no, good stuff, though. <laughs> but it just, yeah, it. that there is nothing like it. I mean, yeah, I it's, it. it's the longest 10 minutes of your life if you're dying. Yeah. But it's also those those moments when it just clicks and you and the audience are together. And it's yeah, almost as good wonderful. as sex. They say it, and it's true. It's almost yep. as good as sex. Sharing some road stories. Uh, if you go back to when we first started Boomers with Beverages, the podcast, you know all of us, we're all stand-up comics. That's how we all met. And uh, we've been comics, and we can we still do comedy, as a matter of fact. So if you want to want to see uh, four uh, aging, brilliant <laughs> Comedians. Yeah. So my it, wife, so my it, wife keeps so pressuring it. me for new material. We, we but, do a, an know, incredible. I stick with what you know, works. I've never had a good set in my own home. You know, <laughs> I have. A comedian wow. is Are never you talking about comedy own, or something yeah. else? Yeah. Come, we need to have our come. wives on. My yeah. wife's got some stories. Pete's wife. Are, oh, you're my headliner tonight. <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Anyway, this will uh, be a short set. A big thanks to the folks here at Four Day Ray and Fishers for. When she gives you the light, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> you got five minutes. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Pete's like, I only need 30 seconds. What are you talking about? Five minutes. Pressure's on. Thanks to Four Day Ray. Thanks to Brian and all the folks here. Uh, they're actually bottling or canning some of their product today. So if you hear a little bit of a noise in the background, might not be so bad. But they're, they're busy working while we have our fun up here in the growler room. If you uh, ever make it to Fishers, Indiana, you got to go to Four Day Ray. The food's amazing. Uh, scratch Kitchen, delicious menu, uh, great beverages. I've got the uh, Blood Orange Blonde. That is the drink I am having for this particular podcast. Dan Davis, what do you have? What are you drinking? I'm at, I, I apologize, but I had to go back and get another one. They see me munching. It is wow. so very, very good. You, you liked it. I liked it. You've yes, done this I'm before having, here. Yes, you've gone out on a limb and tried a, uh, one of their beers, and you've loved it. Turned out I liked it. Yep. Good yep. for you. Very, very good. I, th- I think it's the Indiana Flyer. It is. Oh, I like it the, that's that's a good it? beer. I like mm-hmm. the Indiana Flyer. D- dead gum tasty. Nice. Well, yeah. <laughs> as you have gum in your mouth, drinking it. Uh, Pete, what do you got? I'm drinking whatever Dan is. He, he, <laughs> he influenced me. Dan's the they man. They see me munching. Dan's the man. So, and all, and just just the first name that comes to mind in all the years you did stand up. So, Artie obviously probably had, is the most veteran among us in terms of the road. I would say for me, full time, I did seven years, and that was my sole source of income. 
in between radio gigs and then finally just saying, time to raise a family. I didn't want to be that guy calling home. Oh, yeah, you should have seen him tonight. He hit a home run. Oh, I wish I could have been there. I wasn't going to be the wish I could have been there guy. Mm-hmm. So I know we all have kind of our own stretch, how many years we did it. In, in your run in comedy, Dan Davis, you first and foremost, who stands out to you as the guy that you, you were just most impressed with, most in awe of, the guy that you wish the rest of the country could have, could have seen? Bill Bauer oh, from Minnesota. Golly. Oh, my gosh. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Wild Bill Bauer. The only th- I only had one criticism of him. I know he was a prolific writer. He wrote a lot. He wrote a lot, yeah. But when he, whenever I'd see his show, it was always the same. He didn't add a lot of new material, but I always knew when he added something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always knew it. Yeah. But I, I think always a, saw a lot the same of guys show. I think were of, like that, though. We all did. I did that. I did yeah. that. I think but I've seen you, him so many times. Once you hit that 45 to 60 of gold, yeah. it's tough to yeah. break so for yeah, that. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know it is. Trust me. You know you're hitting a homer every yeah. night. So why do you tinker? And, and then you, right. you want to, because you go back to your hotel room and write another five, ten minutes, I'll do that tomorrow. No, you won't. You're yeah. going gonna to do what got you well, there. Well, it's yeah. like when, you know, the used to be HBO specials and now, you know, Netflix and whatever. You got some guy who's been, you know, knocking it for years. And you get the HBO special and you burn up 90 minutes of material that yeah. you can you know, really never do on stage again because people are going to go, I heard that I, that I used to think that's got to be a two-edged sword. It is. You know, I, I don't, I don't know that that's completely 100% true because yeah. when, people see, when people see you on television yeah. or they've seen you on stage before, they come back because that, yeah, they want to hear some something that. that they want to hear something they heard on TV or heard before. Yeah. And if you don't do it, they're going to be remarkably disappointed. Yeah, like Foxworthy is you might be a redneck if. Oh yeah, that whole right. yeah. Right. See, for me, it's a tie between uh, Steve Baird and Ted Norkey. Oh um, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a time that I worked with those two that I didn't cry laughing hmm. hysterically off stage and while they were yeah. on stage yeah. with them every every single time because they just they owned their character they owned their yeah. material they were so damn creative and just fun fun human beings yeah, yeah. and both left us way too soon just way yeah, too soon very yeah. unique perspective steve was an indiana guy ted michigan guy just God, were they can good. you think of, can you think of a story yeah with ted it was fun we did uh, comedy on broadway and oh, in Lexington, Kentucky, Lexington. which was a, a Tom Sobel room. room, and they would put us up in uh, the house, the house. That, of, of, the the mom, house of the mom of one of the, the co-owners. Of, it was co-owned by brothers at the time. Right. And they did a phenomenal job. Comedy on Broadway, because we were all spoiled because of Crackers. Crackers was raised the bar so high. When we would go on the road, everything was judged against Crackers. Correct. For us. Comedy on Broadway was, was in the same ballpark as Crackers. Yeah. And they, so they put us up in this house, and you walk, would walk in, and there was this like, little vestibule with a little mirror and a small table. Well, after the first show that night, I went and got Ted's headshot, and I stuck it in a frame, and I put it above the little table with a candle, and I lit the candle. So when Ted came back, I said, Ted, it's your shrine. <laughs> and he lost it. He lost it. So the entire week, we had his picture with a candle underneath it as he would walk in. But, you know, the thing about him, and you guys can relate to this too. You probably have done this is the, the dinners and the lunches we would go to on the road when we'd be working together, you wish you would have recorded. Yeah. yeah. Because the, 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 the back and forth, the exchanges were so stinking funny. You can find some stuff on, on YouTube of him uh, that's wow. really, really classic. Such a good man. Such Very classic. Such a good man, funny, funny guy, and Steve Baird, God bless them both. They were good guys. Pete Molina, yeah. how about you? Well, 
I mean, one of my favorite comics I, I opened uh, for him once at, at Crackers was Dennis Wolfberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. You know, I can't guys. say that I necessarily know him, sure, but sure. He, he was just he was just such a quirky guy, yeah. and, and, and it was he was nice to the comics. Uh, he was just a genuine guy. Uh, and then another guy I worked with a week in uh, Milwaukee was uh, Drew Carey. Oh wow! So Very you know, cool. so you know, you get all those I hours when you're not working. I would you know spend some time with him and lunch, nice. breakfast, and stuff. And he he's just the same off stage as he was on stage. There, there's no difference yeah. there, but yeah. but a, but a heck of a nice guy, a yeah. very nice guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would like I would say 98 percent of the comics I worked with were consistent. Yeah. They yeah. were, you know, you get a few prima donnas, but very rare. Yeah, very rare. Most of them had total respect for their fellow comics because mm-hmm. they they were they were fo- 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 you know basically following the same thing we were doing. Sure. We're in the hotels, driving yeah. all day, yeah. 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 doing the same damn thing. I know yeah. it. I know it. Already, how about you? Because I know you. you I got, you've got, I got a so many wide variety. I, the, one of the things that I two there's two particular things that I want to I want to share. One was um, Dennis Miller. Got to work with Dennis Miller very early on. I think I was the opening act. Steve was the MC. Steve Baird was the MC. I was the opening act, and I don't remember who was the the feature act. But Dennis Miller was the headliner of the show, and this is before he did Saturday Night Live or Monday Night Football or any of that. It was before he was anybody, and uh, but he wrote all the time. We'd go out to drink at Shabooms, the old. 50s uh, uh, theme restaurant downtown across from where the Indianapolis Comedy Connection used to be. And Dennis was always had a BevNap in front of him and he was always writing because he was always coming up with something. I went to his hotel room one night and there were tons of BevNaps just everywhere on the nightstand, on the dresser, in the bathroom. They were uh, with scribblings on them. We were at Shaboom's one night and I am rubbing my face because I was just laughing so hard all night. I'm, I'm just kind of massaging my face. And I'm looking... <clears throat> Steve and and, 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 and and Dennis both looked at me and goes, oh, my God, they started laughing. <laughs> and I'm going, what's so funny? He goes, do that again. So I rubbed my face again, and they started laughing again. I go, Artie, look at yourself and rub your face just like you just did. So I did. They go, I go, what are you seeing? They go, you look like a Cabbage Patch doll. <laughs> and that so was my cool. that was one of my opening bits yeah. forever. Uh, here's my Cabbage Patch doll I, impression. I had no idea that, that was the origin. That's, yes, that's, that's so the cool. origin. I love it. That's the great. other story I have is early in my career, and I, I could come up with a billion stories for late in my career. There are some good ones. But one of the one of the funnest times I ever had, I had to take Tommy Chong from... From uh, Tommy Chong in my car, and, and back then it was a POS. Uh-huh. I mean, I had a, it was a Regal, a Buick Regal from like 1969 or something like that. It was awful. So anyway, I'm I'm doing a show in in uh, at, a, at, a, at a Sobel gig, in a bar in Terre Haute, but the university was hosting Tommy Chong, and he was getting ready to do uh, one of the clubs in Indianapolis. I don't remember what it was. I think it was Crackers. So I'm taking, I have to pick him up at his hotel, and take him back to. Um, Take him back to Indianapolis. So we get in my piece of car, and so here we are driving down the road. He goes, he goes, and he's not. You got to understand, Tommy Chong is not like his persona. No, not you know, at everybody all. knows. I worked with him once. Yeah. You know, he he's not uh, he's not the stoner guy all the time, but he loves his pot, <laughs> and so did I. And I go, man, I don't have anything. He goes, well, I just got something from some girl at the show last night, and he pulls it out. And he goes, but I don't have anything. I have no papers. I have no pipe. And I go, you're kidding me. You don't even have an apple? And he chuckles. He goes, no, I don't even have an apple. You got an apple? No, I don't. So all I had, we're going to have to stop and get some papers. I go, no, we don't have to do that. We got, I got to get back. So I look in the back seat. I said, look, I've got the yellow pages. Boom. I slap <laughs> the yellow pages out between the seats. Oh, 
uh, is that going to work? I go, absolutely, give it a try. I mean, he knows how to roll. So I said, just tear a piece and just tear some paper out. He goes, so he tears the whole page out. He tears one whole page out. I, I thought he would just tear off a corner, like a square, like a four, four or five inch square. No, he tore the whole page. I said, oh my God, we're going back to Big Bamboo. I don't know if you remember Big Bamboo, but of that's course. when he had the big yes. giant pa- uh, oh, the yeah. pa- rolling paper in it. So anyway, he rolls a whole page worth of, of smoke. And we light it up, and we're boogieing back to Indianapolis, smoking a joint made out of paper from the Indianapolis Yellow Pages. And it worked. It worked fine. No problem at all. Let your fingers do the smoking. We laughed our ass off all the way back. That's so funny. It was one of my my favorite, favorite memories. Absolutely. My other favorite memory, this will be real quick. I I, I got to uh, emcee a show at Crackers in Indianapolis up at Caucasians at the Crossing uh, with Ellen Generous. This is right after she came out. And she did not want to be alone any at any point in time when she was not on stage. She did not want to be alone, especially she had a contract. She had a contract, and the contract stipulated that she had to go next door to the review, the, the bar that it was part of Crackers. She had to go to the bar and sign autographs on on her headshots. She had a hundred head, a couple of hundred headshots, and she was signing them for all these <clears throat> people that wanted her headshot. Denise, she begged my wife Denise to stay with her the entire night, and she did. Mm. Denise stayed with her the whole damn time. I can't say it now why she wanted her with her, but it it it, it was a good idea yeah. to have somebody with her, mm. you know. Because and she sat there and and signed autographs all night long, and and it was only she was only there I think for one night. Mm. I think it was one night, one one night only. There was two shows, one one night. But she had we we had the most wonderful conversations. We had a great time. Yeah. She had no problem with my comedy. Yeah. Nobody did. It yeah, was a great a, night. She was good. I mean, when I worked with her, uh, yeah, absolutely. There was, that, there was, was, that was a lot of fun. Nothing hoity-toity about her. And, but and Denise is still on cloud nine from that. Yeah. By the uh, way, she really is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting, and I mean, I I, I consider I was fortunate, you know, because I worked with her. I worked with Ray Romano, Jeff Foxworthy, mm-hmm. Steve Harvey was. Well, one of the coolest Steve human beings for me. ever. Steve uh, opened for me in Cleveland. Yeah, we did military stuff for Tom Sobel, and he mm. was just the nicest guy. But this was pre, you know, when he was just about ready to walk away until he had that, that phone call. Oh, my gosh. Tom caught, got that is one it. of the greatest stories in comedy. Yeah, it really and, is. And probably one of Tom's biggest claims to fame, even though he probably affected a lot of other people, too, just yeah. as well as, as yeah. Steve Harvey. But tell everybody the story, because Steve was ready to say, I'm done. I, I don't remember the exact story. I just remember how he got that call, but he had to do something in order to get to that gig. Yeah. And the only way he was going to do it, because he had no money yeah, left in his he, pocket. He had an op- he had a chance to play the Apollo. Right. He part exactly. Of and and he, couldn't, Apollo. he couldn't afford it. He couldn't, he couldn't afford to get there. So Tom routed him yeah. so he could get there. Yeah. And so yeah. he could have money on the way there yep. to get it done. And that was it. And that and that's what launched him. Right that there. It. That Apollo night that launched him. And if it wasn't for Sobel saying, let's get it done, I can, I can get you a gig in this town on the way, this town on the way, and this town on the way, and you'll have enough money to get there. One fun thing to do if you're ever looking for a, like a rainy day uh, thing to do on Google, and I love doing this, and I've rewatched some of these multiple times over, it, and, and unfortunately this will never happen again because this person doesn't exist anymore. He's passed on, but comics and their first appearance on Johnny Carson yeah. is some of the greatest stuff you can watch because those that, that kill, kill it, you know that was the day that their stardom was launched. And they got to sit next and, to Johnny. And we don't have that anymore. We don't have any anybody, you know, the, the, yeah. the night the hosts we have now are an embarrassment yeah. compared to Carson. Well, and there's Carson. so many. Yeah, yeah there's so many. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but a lot of them don't care like that. Yeah. Carson legitimately cared. Yeah. yeah. 
And he you, would even you say a, that. You I get want, on the Carson, and you, uh, and, 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 you know, even if you didn't get to sit with Carson, if you had that credential, that yeah, credit, you, yeah. you know, you, all yeah. of a sudden you were a headliner, and your and your pay probably tripled. I watched yeah. Louis Anderson's first set again. Oh, it was awesome. And oh, what yeah. blows me away is when you hear Carson just let loose. Mm-hmm. You know who was the worst? Steve, not Steve, uh, Tim Allen. You need to go back and look at his very first not Tonight good. Show oh, set. Yeah, it was good. awful. Yeah. Uh, awful. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I once did a show with Butch Patrick, who you may know as Eddie Munster. Mm. Oh, he's in trouble. Is he? Well, he was, uh, I just saw something him on, on the news. Oh, he, he was in, he got in trouble for uh, some theft, I think. Really? Yeah. I mean, re- recently. Yeah, it was like one of his first times ever. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was not. Well, it was interesting because in the '80s and '90s, you had your A, you know, your AAA people. I mean, yeah. working and and you you get a chance to open for them, you would jump at it. And then you had a lot of people that joined into the comedy foray uh, that were old TV stars. Yeah, because you, know, you had Danny Bonaducci doing yeah. it. You had uh, oh, and Skip Ed, Eddie from Family Family Ties. No, Remember Skippy? Was he, yeah, was it Family Ties? Yeah, t- yeah, right. Yeah, Skippy 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 Family Ties. Jimmy Jim JJ Walker. J- yeah, I worked well, with him yeah, at Oh no, 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 no. Jimmy Jimmy Walker's an original. He's oh yeah, a, he's a legend. Okay. I mean, you may not think he's funny now, but he goes back to the he, yeah. His stand up was strong. The comedy store kept following me around the country, saying and going to the clubs, going, I need a guest set. I need a guest set. I need a guest set. Going to the club owners, and it's like, why is this guy following me? This is the third time it's happened to me personally <laughs> no, he, uh, he must be following my ass stop it uh, it's fun times guys thanks for sharing the great stories you and you know get used to it because we'll uh lots of podcasts to come and there's there's plenty to talk about because we all have had some uh, interesting experiences out there we not could just, go on not just on, with the comics but the places too we got to talk about that mm. one time as far as yep. the venues yep. and the clubs themselves because uh, there was about a 10-year window there early 80s into the early 90s before it kind of went bust that you had pretty much anybody and everybody wanting to do a comedy night. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, if you had a bar with a, a night that you didn't know what to do with, yeah. you'd throw up a yeah. microphone and call it a comedy and club. That yeah. wasn't yeah. always a good thing. Right. Not always. Uh, Artie, thanks for sharing, man. <laughs> thanks, appreciate man. The, Appreciate the stories. Pete Molina, you as well. Thank you oh, so much. Great to be here. Dan Davis and Butch Patrick stories. Appreciate that. You don't hear that combo very often. <laughs> Not very often. But it's good, good that you shared that moment with us. Tomorrow it'll be like, I remember when I met Fred Gwynn at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> It was I, so I just remembered fun. he was on a, uh, uh, this weekend. He was on a, a, a series, not a series, but an episode of Forty Eight Hours. Oh, really? Honest to God. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah. So, see, it's a shame. He had such promise, such promise, and he, and he can still wear that little suit. That's what's yes. amazing. And he had the same haircut. Yeah. He, he hasn't aged well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Marilyn Munster, I think, has. I think she's still not. She's kind of like is. she's kind of like Mar- Marianne from Gilligan's Island. Some of them just, you know, not too bad. And Margaret, have you seen her lately? No. I mean, some some of these ladies, I mean, they've aged. It's amazing. And, and yeah. The, Tina Turner. The me, yeah. Oh yeah, she did for the longest time. Yeah. Share with some spackle, not too bad. <laughs> so, it's, it's not spackle. It's, it's not spackle. <laughs> oh, I don't think I want to know. She's always got a putty knife with yeah. her. Yeah. Thanks for making us uh, your part of your podcast. Listening, we look forward to you listening again and sharing in more stories to come. On behalf of my fellow Boomers, I'm Jim Burrows. Boomerswithbeverages.com is the website, and we will talk again soon on Boomers with Beverages. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Boomers with Beverages. Recording engineer Art Baker, post-production technician Dan Davis, showrunner and distributor Taylor Scott of iPodcastPro.com.